What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 124 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. I think someone just fell off of a stool or something. I heard some thumping. <laughs> but uh, we have a big one this week. Um, it's a cool... My dad had just got done telling everybody that's on the call here in the background uh, that we actually have four time zones covered across the uh, across North America. So that's pretty neat. We have East... Central, Mountain, and West Coast time all covered on this call today. So um, I'll run down the list, and then we're actually going to jump right into our topic of the week, which is this is officially the, the sign episode. So all these guys have unique ways of doing some custom signage. So we got Dave Cruiswick, Jason Jensen, Jake Johnson, Frank Varga, Doug Fiscali, and, of course, Todd and Brett Wiley. So... Um, Let's just jump into it. I'm going to let my dad take the wheel here, and we're going to get started. So welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. It's going to be uh, a fun one. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, confusion, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of laughs, too, because I know all these guys, uh, they like to joke around. So uh, this, will, this will be good. We're going to cover all the different types of signs and um before we get when we get started here, I, I kind of have uh, a, a, there's a uniqueness for each one of you guys on is one of the reasons why I asked each of you uh, to be on. And you know, um, like like for kit manufacturers, um, obviously we have Doug here, and he, you know, I've talked about that in the past on our show. How I love of all the kits I've done, and I've done a lot of you know built a lot of kits from a lot of different companies. I love his signs the best and we're going to talk about what he puts into when he chooses them prints them the kind of paper he uses what makes them work so well with the mediums we use art wise and then um obviously he's also great at weathering and all those other things with jake um i know that he is also he's you know he worked as as a disney imagineer and uh he's also done you know, I've seen some of his sign work. It's um, it's amazing stuff. It's very creative. He's also creative at designing them. He's one of the better sign designers I've ever seen. Um, and then, of course, Jason and his weathering and how he, and he also designs signs um, and his weathering. Nobody can you know, say anything about how he does his signage. Uh, it's 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 a work of art and he puts his art into it. And then, of course, Frank here is here today, Frank Varga. And we have um, uh, his signs are not only unique and, and uh, outstanding, and he knows how to create them as well, but they're humongous. Okay? Uh, <laughs> Frank, Frank's like uh, he, he knows how to uh, make a sign just totally pop and stand out and uh, grab your attention in ways that just uh, are amazing. And then, of course, Dave uh, is um, – a 3D type of sign maker. I've seen some of his signs that are just very creative, and um, you know he's he thinks outside the box and he makes you know uh, very unique signs. But then when he also models his sign weathering and how he blends them into walls is is some of the finest uh, work that way I've seen done. So I, I'm glad to have you all on board. Um, let's start with uh, what I just said with Doug. Doug, I'm going to let you just go with it, and everybody else can chime in. And it's the one topic we're going to hit before we go to questions uh, today. And that's uh, when you design your signs on paper, or you pick your signs out on paper, and you print them, 
what what goes into that thought process of or what what do you use paper wise you know uh, printer wise um, how you select them. Um, well, um, design wise, I mean, I, I try to find real signs first because you can't replicate, you know, any better than the real sign itself. Um, but that's probably only 25% of the time that you can, that, you know, for say for a building you're making in uh, a welding shop, you know, you have a name of the shop you want to make, but the sign that, you know, you find from the past is, uh, some, some other sign. So you have to kind of use that as a reference, um, so it's, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of looking at old photos. And, um, one of the biggest, I think, biggest successful things that works for me anyway, is choosing the right typeface. Um, I mean, all, you know, you can, you can lay out the sign of however you want and kind of copy, uh, the arrangement of the words and the letters and the colors. But if the typeface is, say it's, you know, most of the models that I do and most of us do are, you know, um, pre-1950 say and if you're using a typeface that was made in 1970 it's not going to look right so you kind of have to study up on 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 typography a little bit to see what what works for that era so so that's a big part of it is the typeface and you know a lot of times i'll see something that looks like it was just typed off of microsoft word you know and it's um aerial bold which is a common sans serif font, and it just doesn't work for the 1940s or 30s. Or so, you know, just the best thing to do is look at an old sign and 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 really pay attention to the typeface because that's going to give you the, the biggest uh, head start on making it look realistic and 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 era era uh, appropriate. Um, and the same thing with the colors. Uh, you know, if you if you look at signs from the 50s, um, there aren't a lot of color photographs of the 40s and 50s but when you do find them the color is so saturated um and it's a combination of the film that was used but it's really the the pigments and the paints for some reason in that time you know if you look like a um, a big mural on a wall that's red the red is like uh i don't even know what you call it. it's almost like a cherry corvette red it's not just a dull red and it's really bright so i, I look at the colors too um and then of course you know it's too bright when you're doing it on the model, but that, that, that's where weathering comes into it. And that's a whole other thing. So basically I, I, you know, I try to research them as much as I can. I make them mostly in Adobe illustrator. Um, that works for me. Uh, cause you can really manipulate the, the spacing of the letters and the cunning and the letting and all that. Um, so the more control you have over each letter and all the spacing, you could really get close to, to replicating an older sign say, right. um, so, yeah, as far, as far as a printer, I use um, either a laser color laser printer or an HP inkjet. Uh, I actually like the inkjet uh, more lately. Um, the laser printer toner, it's, it's more of a, uh, I guess since it's, it's, it's set with uh, high temperature, it becomes this thing where if you bend the sign, it kind of cracks. It's almost too thick. But the inkjet, kind of bleeds into the paper a bit. So, you know, you have this more faded look right off the page, you know, to start with. And then you can weather it or sand it and do other stuff to it. So inkjet prints work really well. And and I've heard that a lot lately um, from other people saying about how they prefer uh, printing their own signs on ink on inkjet printer when they also have a laser printer. You other gentlemen that are here, do you guys, do you guys uh, when you make your signs, use laser or inkjet? I, inkjet for me. Inkjet. Inkjet. 
<laughs> I have a laser, so uh, <laughs> I'm just stuck using don't, my laser don't hold printer. Me. But <laughs> <laughs> he is home. <laughs> uh, I do like it because it doesn't seem to. If it gets wet, if mm-hmm. you use too much glue on the back of it, um, yeah. it won't bleed. Uh, that's the advantage to it, I think. Sure. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point, and that's it's you know really important to let your signs dry really well before you start messing with them. I know that's yeah. an experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's 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 good news. I, and that's um, when you guys do your. I'm sorry, I, I I got caught in the middle of drinking, and everything paused <laughs> there. I was drinking a, a, I was drinking my water, and I was like, uh oh. Um, so. Um, when you guys do your signs there and you, and you use your inkjet printers um, and you, when you put the sign on, now Dave brings up a good, uh, good topic. When you put them on, how long do you leave them? I mean, we've all brought our, either our fingernail or some kind of a, you know, something in there to, to kind of put it into the clapboard, you know, you run it along the edges and such. Uh, how long do you guys usually wait? I usually wait myself, you know, like, like four or five minutes after the glue's in at least uh, before I start doing that. Because if you do it too soon after you put it down, then obviously you, you'll end up, no matter what you're using, you could end up ripping the sign and making a mess out of it. Do you guys all wait around like that or you just wait till later in the day or? Uh, um, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, um, I, well, I don't use glue for one thing. I use transfer tape, so there's no drying time necessary. Um, the transfer tape is it's thin, it's neat, it's not messy, it's fast. Um, you know, with, with you, if you apply some glue, say white glue, it's you know it's going to be thick and thin in different spots. With the transfer tape, it's it's whatever the you know it's like the thickness of a hair. So it, you just get this thin adhesive coat and then you just, you know, and what you could do, you can actually, if you place it and you miss, uh, misalign your sign, and you don't have it in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You, you can, you can pick it up if you haven't completely burnished it into the clapboard. So you can play with it a little bit with the white glue. It becomes pretty messy, especially if you start sliding around to get it in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, trans- the transfer tape really makes things so much easier. I have all that transfer tape and I never do that. I'm going to have to try that. Now, uh, what about the rest of you guys? Do you guys uh, use glue, transfer, anybody else use transfer tape? I, I haven't used it, and I, uh, I have yet to try any sort of glue or transfer tape for signage, so I can't speak from experience on that. What but do you put it on with, to, <laughs> What's that? What do you put your signs on with? Well, usually with, uh, with, with some kind of glue or something, oh, like okay. maybe – white glue or anything but what i've been doing with my signs is i take the back of them and i spray them with white primer now these aren't the signs that i'm going to sand but it it makes uh it makes the paper a little less translucent and then i'll come over the top of the paper with either uh dull coat or gloss coat depending on if you want a shiny sign and so i've kind of trapped the piece of paper inside paint and it makes it a little bit more um I don't know, rigid and strong before you glue it down, but it's certainly not the kind of sign that you're going to sand on the back of. This would go mostly on a smoother surface. Right, right. 
but it's kind of a cheat as opposed to printing decals is to, is to uh, put the primer on the back, put the clear coat on the front, and then glue it down to wood or plastic. See, I, I never would have thought to do that. Anybody else try that? I haven't. No, 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 no. no. I was in a hurry. <laughs> All right. Well, before I start asking too many more questions on how we do this stuff, um, why don't we uh, go to the listeners' questions? Brett, you got the listeners' questions up there? Yes. Let me go. I don't. I, I, I lied. I, I got to pull them up real quick. <laughs> I'm up in one second. Um, so we're going to – I'm going to throw these out randomly to one person to start, and then I'll just uh, – everyone else can follow up later with these questions, like with an answer. So if, if I call on someone first, everyone else can have a rebuttal after they're done answering. <clears throat> and we're going to save Dave's for last because he was – he's on the show. Yeah, Dave put his own question up there. <laughs> he's, he's selfish. Well, I was I was going for irony because some some people say that I'm a little bit too sign crazy. So I thought, well, then I'll put it out there. I like so, it. Yeah, <laughs> my, my question was uh, my question was about um, can you overdo signs? Well, then we'll just talk about you know. yours first. How about that? <laughs> All right, <laughs> and, and that's the other thing. We got five guests on here today, so. Um, and, this is and this is cool and everybody feel free to speak know, up at any awesome point. Yeah, yeah. Start talk asking each other questions. Jump in. Don't wait for me to introduce it. You know, let's have a you know a conversation. So jump, jump right in and do it. All right. And, uh, if you have questions, do it. I'm gonna throw this one out to. Um, we'll throw this one out to uh, Dave first, just because he's the one that wrote his own question. He's seen criticism of the Franklin <laughs> South Manchester. Um, that the signs are overdone. Is it possible to go overboard with signs? And then I'll let you all just go crazy with it here. Yeah. I, the, the criticism that I read was that George just had way too many signs on his layout. And personally, I disagree. Um, yeah. I think it's overdone. I think that's um, the most ridiculous but, thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is such a thing. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they could be overdone. I mean, if you've got sure. every square inch right. plastered with signs, yeah, that's going to get a little bit crazy. But on the other hand, sometimes that really, really works. Mm-hmm. And as an example, Doug, I would I would point out your um, – I tell you what, Doug comes out with a kit that's got lots of signs. You know that I'm ordering that sucker because I'm such a sign freak. <laughs> but the way, the way you did the signage – the way you did the signage on Jay Santos, uh, Tattoo and Cigar, now that's, yeah. those walls are totally covered, but it looks right, because I think we've all seen structures like that. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, that's just an example that I just wanted to point out uh, where some might think that that's way too much, but to me, oh, no, that was spot on. I mean, I'll bet you if you go through Shorty, you'll find buildings oh, that sure. were done just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you've ever seen those pictures of like the from the 40s and 30s, and it's a building that's going out of business, you know, they've yeah. got going out of business signs covering every piece of glass and and you know molding to the building. It's just wrapped and covered. And you know, of course, yeah. there's Times Square in New York in the 50s, and and even now, mm-hmm. it depends on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like anything else, yeah. it's in moderation. But I 
but I wouldn't say George is overdone. I mean, I, you know, he's got room to spare to do more signs. Uh, so why not? You know, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the, if you want to list 10 things that give that layout character, that's one of them, you know? Sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I, I would agree. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of which on that topic, um, Frank, Frank, you're, you're, all your modeling, man, you got some amazing signs. They're unique. They are all over. The, it's a lot like George's. And I've talked about that on the show with you, with others on, on as guests. Your name has come up. And we said how you, when you model, it's, and I, and I don't mean to, you know, I'm not trying to blow your head up here, but um, <laughs> you, you are like, to me, I label you as like the modern day, version of George Selyus with that style urban modeling with the, you know, that much detail in that much space. And a lot of that is signage. So oh, you're Very obviously... Kind words. Yeah. Very kind words. He's a fan, yeah. I mean, I think what he, what he brings to his layout with signage is far more than what takes away from ever having too much of it. I think absolutely positive. Absolutely. And you, you have that same mindset as putting in a lot of signs in, in, a, in a downtown area. And I don't think it looks overdone. I think it helps, like Doug was saying, it helps contribute to make what makes your modeling really good. It's one of the things that pops out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think signage stops at the, uh, the curb or anything like, the, uh, like that. It goes all the way up to the building. And it, should, it should reflect that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the trick, I think, is to, to be unique with it. You want to be prototypical, but you want to give the person something that's going to inspire them or be nostalgic, something that gives them that aha moment. And uh, signage is a great opportunity to do that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, whether that be with illumination or you're trying to do something uh, prototypical, something we've seen, or... Uh, trying to do something different. I, I tried to put out a project. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it this week, just to have some content for the show. Uh, it's a vantage billboard. So if you're looking at it from one side, it's one image. And if you come to a 45 on the other side, it's a completely separate image. So based on the vantage, it kind of offers uh, a lot of variety. And it's something that hasn't really been seen before. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, okay. If you like, I can explain how I did it. I don't know if you guys saw it on the page. Uh, I saw it. It was incredible. I, I loved it. <laughs> and, and what page did you put that on there? On yours? Uh, model railroad instructors and okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you scroll down, it was it was posted April nineteenth. I've got it open right now. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. If you want to go through that real quick, go for it. So basically, uh, I thought I I wanted to come up with an easy project that you guys might be able to try at home. Um, so basically, I wanted to frame out this vantage billboard and to do that very simple if you have the central valley um stairway and rail kit i don't know if you guys are familiar with that basically i just cut the stairs yeah. out and glued them together so that gave you your um frame for the um the, basically the zigzag pattern and then you cut your images um to, to each step or riser because it's a staircase and you continue your image in one direction and then you flip it and kind of continue your direct uh in direction back and you have those two images right beside each other. But if you're on one side, you can't see it. So as you're set up for your shot, if you're filming this, because I, I try to do it as a, a film, as you're panned towards your um, your building and you pan left to look at the passing freight, 
or a train, it would change images on the billboard. So it's not electric by any means, but just a simple motion of panning to the left, the image will actually change on the billboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. It's a, it's a great idea. I see that. That's it. That's incredible. So you would see this typically if you were maybe 10, 15 years ago when you're coming down the highway and you're looking yeah. at your parents' back seat window, you see the billboard changing. Yep, they so all kind of they used to spin. That. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every now and then you'd see those one or two panels that were stuck, and they would (laughs) the whole thing. (laughs) But but no, I like the concept of that. Is it's really cool. I never even thought about. I don't know if I've ever seen that done. No, I came up. I I was thinking about billboard. How can I think of a way to do that without electronics? Something simple that people can do, kind of at home. And that was kind of what I came up with. Yeah, I like the idea of not incorporating electronics with it because, you know, they're going to break. You know they're going to break halfway through working it. You know, it's going to break something and you're fixing it all the time. And this is just e- it's just easy. It's simple. It, it's it. You don't have to worry about any moving parts or running wires to it. It's perfect. Well, some people suggest that we have wires and you can't you can't impress everybody. But, uh, you know, you do what you can do. And that seemed like a, a terrific project. No, I love it. So cool. Thanks. So, actually, I'm gonna, right. if you don't mind, Frank, I'm going to take a picture or two of that from here and, and share it on the show notes. I think that's too cool. Yeah, please do. I, I would appreciate that. I mean, I was doing a, a prototypical one of um, a car dealership you would see here in Toronto. It's located at Dufferin Mall, Eglinton, Dufferin. It's a, a Wilson uh, Chevrolet or uh, like a dealership. And you would see this woman swinging on a swing, and this was automated, and it's like a, a known thing in Toronto. I guess you guys, being so far, wouldn't know about that. But I'm making this thing, and it's looking prototypical, and I'm just thinking, you know, this isn't that great looking. So you get to the point where do you really want to do what's prototypical, or do you want to do something new and fancy that's going to make people's jaw drop? And sometimes you got to step outside the prototypical bubble to do that. So it's kind of like a fine balance as an artist looking at an image. If you have just signs, the weight of the signs, incorporating the whole scene, it's going to have way too much of an impression on on the viewer. So it's a fine balance, I find. Uh, If I'm doing a prototypical building, I feel like I have more allowance to do less of a prototypical signage. It's a balance where you want to ooh and ah, but you want to stay true to reality. It's it's a fine balance. That's that's how I find it. Yeah. Huh. Sweet. Well, Brett, you got the next question? I do, I do. Uh, This one's from Dan Pugach. What are your tips and techniques to make signs look like metal or porcelain? Uh, I've never seen a porcelain sign, but... um, Porcelain sign. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe he means... A lot of of the gas station signs are porcelain. You might not notice it, but it's basically... Huh. like if you've seen a sign that says bathroom or restroom, they're usually porcelain. Oh, you mean like a or the older, yeah. the, the older ones? I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was it trying to think. It looks like heavy yeah. black enamel. Okay, almost like a tile sign, a tile. Yeah, exactly. It's material. Same thing a to- a toilet. Yeah, same thing a toilet's made of, like ceramic. I don't know. I guess those you would just uh, if you wanted to make it look that way. I'll just chime in. You would probably just use a enameled paint for a, a, a like to create that shell look. Yeah, I think I mean, it's mostly uh, some, some, some chipping. Yeah, what were we saying, Jake? 
Well, most of the uh, porcelain signs I've seen when I've done some of this uh, research, it just looks it, it looks a lot like heavy paint. Maybe they, I don't know if they bake it. I don't know the whole process, but it just looks like really glossy, shiny glossy. paint until it's had a chance to uh, age and rust and things like that. Yeah, I think it was a, a more superior way. So I would say gloss coat over paper would give you that, and then you have to figure out how far to take back the gloss to have an aged porcelain sign, which is going to be rust and flats and chips and things like that. So that's a unique thing. I've never, I never even thought about doing them that way. Huh? And then obviously I, I actually, actually did something along that line to make a, it was like one of those coat button, you know, those oh, yeah. coat button signs, the bubble sign. I did it, yeah. I did a bubble sign. Um, the idea actually came from Trudy. Um, what's um, on our, or our Trudy Sealy. In our yeah, Trudy, yeah. And she actually she actually made the first one and she stuffed it with something on the inside underneath the paper to make it pop up. You know, make it give it that rounded shape. And and I I took some fuzz off the back of a at the end of a Q tip and stuck it behind the sign and gave it a cardboard backing and then kind of put the sign over it. Not too much. You can't use too much of the stuff. And um, and then you of course uh, you know seal it down on the ends, and so you get that puffy sign. The hard part was getting the shine to it. You know how some of them have that really. I wanted a newer looking one, you know. And uh, what I did was I I kind of on the paper itself I put a uh, matte varnish on, um, just real light, uh, just so it doesn't you know run or anything else. Um, I didn't want to use any doll coat or anything like that because sometimes that discolors the paper. Um, and I use a matte varnish. It's actually made by AK Interactive, but I, I'm sure you could use any matte varnish. I just was a fool and bought the AK version, and I found that it's just like anybody else's matte varnish. You could use uh, um, you could use uh, what Mod Podge for that matter, um, just to put a light coat on. And then afterwards, I used uh, what's called Intermediate Gauzy Agent. It's a shine enhancer, uh, and that is also made by AK. Now, that was that was actually pretty cool, and it really made it look like it had a gloss on it, like a like a sign, you know, a, a new Coke button sign. You know, it was cool. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm sure there's things you could apply. I had to put several coats that on to get that, get that gloss. But... Uh, I'm sure there's things you could do. Anybody try to make a glossy sign or shiny sign? I, basically, no. with just some some gloss clear, yeah, yeah, over the top of whatever graphics. Right. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I did some uh, sign research a long time ago uh, to make a railway express agency sign for a train station. And if you look at them, the signs appear to be either pressed or stamped. And so it had a beveled edge, and the sign appeared much thicker than it was. And it's got a yellow trim line around it. So to make the sign, I cut the photo that I had taken off the Internet, cut it right at the yellow line, and mounted it on a larger piece of styrene, and then proceeded to bevel <laughs> the styrene so that I could get that stamped look to it. Oh, cool. 
And what's nice about doing some of this sign research, especially if these signs are for sale or for collectible or, or maybe in an auction, they will sometimes tell you the actual dimensions of the sign so that you can copy those scale dimensions when you're laying something out. I, it, you know, some of that's not going to be applicable to every sign, but like the Railway Express Agency sign said it was maybe like four feet long. So I could huh. make it four feet long in O scale and you could still read it. Yeah. So I got a beveled edge, you know, and, and shined it up and, and, and it looked like a scale sign instead of just a piece of paper when the sign like that's typically three-dimensional. J- Jason, you make a ton of signs that are like like gas station type signs like that. And I've seen yeah. seen the button signs on a lot of your buildings too that you've had uh, recently. Yep. And, and, and so what do you do to make them pop like that with a shine? Well, uh, I haven't done any glossy signs, but uh, my best advice to modelers is to paint the edge of the paper. That's the yeah. first thing. And <laughs> and use uh, colored Sharpies, metallic yeah. Sharpie or a brown Sharpie, but just run that Sharpie over the edge of the paper, and that'll instantly make it look like metal and not just paper. Yeah. 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 The, so, tr- the, tr- uh, the trick then, is the trick is not letting it bleed. You got to like be very light. That's and right. Yeah. Very light and very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, well, we real- talked about that last week with uh, Doug. He said something about that uh, using the sharpies. We went into detail on the sharpie stuff, and um, yeah. but I also now, Doug was that you that said when you run the Sharpie along the outside edge that you want to do it with a sign facing downward. So you're not, so you're not run. If it slips off the edge, it doesn't mar your sign. It, run, it mars the uh, back of the sign. Or maybe that was somebody else. Yeah, that, talked I, about that. that might've been someone else, but that's, that's <laughs> probably a good, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but like, like Jason said, really quickly and lightly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a heavy saturated marker. It's going to just go right into that paper. Sure. Sorry, Brett. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I was going to say, what about real quick for um, a, a metal sign? If we're going to do any kind of like uh, – there's other types of metal signs. I don't know if we covered them all, but there's there's a lot that are just sheet metal, printed sheet metal. I know Jake talked about making that one that looked like it was beveled and sticking up. Um, but there's you know a lot of techniques we can use to make them look like they are um, – riveted to sides of buildings i don't know if you guys have ever done anything like that or seen anything like that but you see a lot of old metal signs that are hanging or there's hardware that's using them to attach them to the wall and i don't think i know i don't do it very often where you actually put like the hanging hardware on the sign on the side of the wall yeah i actually did that on my crocker build uh yeah. If you recall on the side i have the the hanging saw blade with bolts uh oh yeah 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 is the big boy holding it up and he's uh, blended into the yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great it's a great way to have a layered effect to have a, a detail coming off the wall. It's re- it creates a shadow. It's, it's great. It is. It, it's more depth. It's really easy to just slap that sign on the side of the building and then not think about how it's being held on the wall. You know, <laughs> it just it gives you another opportunity for detail. Absolutely. Yeah. Nail holes. Nail holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a really good trick on metal signs is, say, if you have a yellow sign with black lettering, 
tried to match the color uh, of the yellow with paint and take a sponge and sponge over the black lettering so that it looks like the black lettering is chipping off and the yeah. yellow is showing through. That's probably the best you can technique all, I would offer to people. Absolutely. That's the best. Yeah, and you, you can also do that with silver paint. You can sponge silver paint, mm -hmm. uh, just very lightly sponge it over the sign so that it looks like all the paint is chipping off. Oh, and yeah. The metal, the silver metal is showing through. Oh, that's a neat idea. Yeah, and you could do. You, you, I you like could that. Do that with rust as well. <laughs> yeah, or both. Yeah, yeah we have combined both of them, right? Right. Oh yeah. Uh, for rust, I usually work. I recommend working light to dark. So I start with my pastels and do a really light yellowish orange. Streak it down with a fine brush, and then. Um, usually go in with two, maybe three rust color acrylics sponging it on. Um, and obviously your, your lighter colors are going to be your newer rust and your old rust is going to be really dark looking. So. That's good. Now I'm very, uh, I've become very strategic too about rusting the signs because um, I still want them to be readable. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to cover up all the letters. Um, so I only put rust over certain letters. Like if there's the word food, you know, I can easily cover up one of the O's and you can still tell what the word is. So uh, I would just suggest to people that you be kind of strategic on where you place um, no, that's a good idea. I've, I've run into the problem. I'm sure everyone in here has run into that issue. Uh, and I know I, I have old photos of buildings I've done where I've looked it back at it. And I'm like, oh, that looks like absolute garbage now. But where you overweather a sign and you're like, ah, oh, well, now I can't even see what the sign was. Like it, you can do too much really easy. So, um, yeah. yep. it, that's a, that's a good, good good tip there is to be cognitive of where your lettering is and where your weathering is so you're not making a sign that's unless you want it to be a ghost sign and you can't even you know you don't want to be able to recognize it later you want it to look like it's barely even there then i would just like do what jason said do it in very light layers start small and then be aware of where your words are and, and doug mentioned it on the last interview where uh the last podcast yeah Use a tweezer. Pick up the sponge, the little piece of sponge with tweezers, and do it that way. Yeah. Rather than trying to pick it up with your finger and mashing it with your you're fingers, you're gonna have more. You're gonna have way more control using tweezers. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, real quick, I want to sh shift over to another question. This is one that you will open it up to everyone again because um, I think I've seen everyone do them pretty good. And this is the opposite of what Jason just said. Um, Jim, Jim Lasseter sent me a private message asking me to make sure I got this question in. He wants to know how to make signs, how to make ghost signs look like they are barely visible. So um, I know for a while I was obsessed with them, but just because I thought they looked so cool. And everyone I think on the show is aware of what ghost signs are, but for listeners who aren't aware, it's those old 
like usually old brick or old wood buildings, you'll see them like the very faint remnants of an old sign that's left over where that was painted on or uh, applied like a, a covering, but it's just so faded and so worn that it's barely visible in the building. So let's run through your guys' tips on or techniques on how each of you would have made a ghost sign or have made ghost signs. I, I cheated and bought the ghost sign decals. So. <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm old school because I take the sign that I print off of my laser printer and then sand the back of it with like 220 grit sandpaper. <laughs> and the trick is just to go really slow and just keep sanding. It takes a long time, but get it as thin as possible. And then with a paintbrush and I dilute the Elmer's glue with water and mm-hmm. brush it on very thin and then put it onto the brick wall or the clapboard. Um, but that's kind of an old technique. Uh, maybe <laughs> Doug or someone else may have a, a newer, better technique now. Yeah, I don't. I don't well, uh, one, I, I say, I, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I don't. I, I sand them sometimes, but uh, since I'm using the transfer tape, I've already got a thin. You know, I, I get ahead with the thinness of it with the transfer tape. So I just once you push it in to the clapboard, say um, it's other than the edges, you really don't see the thickness of the paper too much. But to make it disappear, it's kind of like what you said before, Jason. Is, um, you know, if it's a white background and you've got black letters, sponge on white paint, and it'll look like the, the black letters have chipped off. You know, and you could do that with a wood color as well. And yeah, you, know, okay. you sponge on the wood, you sponge on the white, and then you weather on top of that, and you know, it starts to really fade away. Um, mm-hmm. And then another another thing for fading, and Jason, you did this on the uh, I saw this on your the Del Giorno fish building you built, the fish stencil. You you made the bottom part of the word fish disappear. You know, because it's closer to the water or, or yep. where it's going to get more worn. So that's another little strategic um, or strategy of how, you know to choose when you're when you're making the sign disappear. It's like, well, why is it disappearing, and what part would disappear first? And in this case, it's right. the bottom. So the t- the top part of fish is bright and painted, and as you go down, it gets you know less and less uh, um, uh, opaque. Yeah. Yep. Do you have Dave, any- you were going to say something? Well, yeah, I, I do the sometimes do the sanding on the back as well. But what I have found myself doing more recently, <clears throat> and this also speaks to what Doug had mentioned earlier about the colors. You don't want your colors to be too bold, especially if you're modeling, you know, the transition era. Or I'll actually sand the front. I'll use a super, super fine sanding stick, and I'll sand the front going from top to bottom, top of the sign to the bottom of the sign, and that helps knock down some of the color, mm-hmm. and it'll also it'll also bring some of the white of the paper through as well. And then after that, then I'll take my uh, sea sponge or whatever and, and do the, the dabbing that, um, that uh, I think Jason had mentioned earlier. So... Um, uh, yeah, I'll actually sometimes sand the front just to knock that color down. Oh, and you say expose some of the paper. I've noticed, um, and, and Frank maybe can can chime in on this one too. Uh, he's 
in my opinion, Frank is the master of billboards. Okay. So, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but one of the things I noticed when I, I've been doing lately with more and more of my billboards, I did it on the one I had with Hedy Lamar on the top of, uh, the, that house, uh, the, uh, I guess awesome. the apartment buildings, uh, that I did with, I can't remember. That was, uh, Casey's workshop, uh, kit, the, uh, Cameron street apartments. Cameron and, street, right. Right. And what I like to do, I uh, started doing it with that one, and I did it recently on the on the build of uh, the JJ Hollander's boxing gym um, as well. But I he, that was already done on the photo as as well. Doug had done that on I guess in his model. Um, it's when they put billboards up back in the day, um, they went up and they, they, they still do today. Um, a lot of times they're just they're they're separated sheets. So you put one up and then there'll be one next to it, and you you'd see the lines in between for each one, you know, um, faintly, especially as I got older. So I found that just folding it into thirds or fourths, depending on the length of the building perfectly. And then just keep folding it a little bit to where it just, and then when you have it folded over, I took, um, I'm talking a 600 grit sandpaper. Okay. And so it's extremely fine. And I just lightly graze it along that fold and then, put it up on the wall and it gives me that light faint line down the paper perfectly in those spots. Um, and that kind of, yeah, yeah. Too. It's al- but, almost like, uh, you're putting up almost like wallpaper where you right. got a slight seam. Yeah, right. exactly. I remember you doing that. That was, that was a really nice effect. Yeah, it was. And that was, that was kind of cool. And, and I've, I've been trying to do that with my billboards lately, but you know, fr- Frank, do you do anything like that with billboards? Yeah, I've actually done that. Um, for one instance, though, just to switch up the look, I'll actually have one of those peeling down, and beneath that will be, um, you know, wood beams going across, and you can see the backing. So it's just a great opportunity that I did. So I did that for the brick. Um, Damn, that's a great company. idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't think about think, that. See, yeah. that's why we got you guys going. Man, we got all these great ideas popping out. <laughs> Man, it's just to what uh, Doug was saying. You want, you want to switch up your look. If you're doing multiple items that are the exact same, uh, yeah. you want to switch up the look. I, I did on my page, I just yesterday my post was uh i was making uh, uh beams master beams and and these beams shouldn't look the same if they're parked out in the sun bleach they shouldn't be uh looking the exact same shade written so you want to switch up your looks mm-hmm. uh, and add, that'll add to your depth and everything absolutely with with the uh with the ghost sign um on bricks i've had some luck with ghost signs on bricks everybody was saying about sanding the back um, I sand the back, but only do it on the edges, along the edges, very mm-hmm. thin, and get all the edges thin, and then put it on the brick, and then that way, once it's down and I have it in position and it dries a little bit, I'll take that paint, and I, I'm sure this is a technique I learned from, I don't know, uh, who, who, who it might have been Doug or one of his videos or so, somebody else's, but um, I, I took a brick colored paint, the same color paint brick, uh, that you painted your bricks on, on the, on the filling. And, um, and I, and I just did little spots in and around the building and in, I'm sorry, in the center of the sign itself. And then especially along the edges in ragged and, uh, it really faded out now because I sanded the outside edges of the sign, it made it very easy to, to hide that paper behind that brick cover. Um, just cute. a just a thought. So, yeah, yeah. it's really important. Yeah. yeah, I have one. So, how many of you are? 
How many of you are printing decals? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was. You're actually adding depth to your to your to your wall uh, in terms of the paint by by adding the sponge technique with the with the brick. You're actually adding depth just to the paint alone. So, like that's that's the perfect opportunity to add depth to your entire scene. We're just talking about one flat wall with paint, and you've added managed to add depth to that wall. So it's yeah. Sure. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, how many of you are uh, printing your own decals on on uh, decal paper and then using them for either ghost signs or something to kind of snuggle up with the decal solution, either on bricks or on clapboard, as opposed to some of these uh, white glue <coughs> methods? And and you know, there's there's two different kinds of decal paper uh, for everybody else to know. I, I not everybody here knows, but like you've got white decal paper and clear. And so white decal paper is great for having white letters with a black uh, background. Also, you can paint white down first and then put your clear black decal on so that the actual white paint from your structure is, is coming through. I just wonder how many guys are, are doing that kind of decal work on your structure. I have not, but no, I haven't me neither. neither. I try to do most of the work myself as opposed to the decal. Um, I know you can achieve a uh, very fine detail with a decal, and that, that's uh, important, you know, but I try to do it with my hand if I can. I have one cool um, way that I've done ghost signs, and it might not be the most uh, fun way as far as lettering detail or anything, but I've been able to find textures that match the wall that I'm putting it on. So if it's brick, if it's a brick structure, sometimes I'll be able to find um, brick textures or, or brick picture photos of bricks um, that I can put into my Photoshop app and scale down to match the size of the bricks that I'm going to be putting the sign on, and I'll Photoshop that's, that's signs on that. Because um, then I bring. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I was wondering how you're going to match the scale of the brick, and you just mentioned that you take it into the Photoshop and you scale it. And I think that's like super important because if that scale of brick is inappropriate, oh, it stands uh, out the the bill, immediately. It, it looks awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I, I've done it with brick, and it's easier with clapboard siding because uh, you only have to get the vertical height right. Um, it just looks. It looks. It's. It's a lot more uh, easy to match with. Um, Photoshop and clapboard setting because even if you have to print it once or twice or a couple times just to match the color correctly, uh, you can get it to match usually pretty well. And then if, if it's a little bit off, there's nothing that a little a light bit of weathering can't use to dull down whatever you printed. Um, but I've I've gotten I've had some luck with um, almost 100% printed ghost signs that just match the background I'm applying it to. So it saves a lot of time too. That's a great technique. For a client once, I did a brick structure, and it was all in the computer. And then when I put my sign in Photoshop over the brick wall, I just reduced uh, that layer like by 50%, and the brick just shows through. Um, I'm not a big fan of paper structures, but I did it for a client, and uh, it, it turned out cool. But I would rather, you know, do work with wood. <laughs> so, okay, Brett, you got another question? I do. I do. Readers. Um, readers. <laughs> the readers. It's okay. 
the next one is from Scott Perry. He's had some problems with sign yellowing over time. Is there any way to prevent that? Hmm. I don't know. I've not run into that issue. Or Doug, are you I back never, in? I don't think I've ever had that happen. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. We lost Doug for a minute. I had to go send a search party for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not had an issue with signs yellowing. He, he said, oh, I'm out of here. And then, then Brett sent him another one. He goes, damn, I got to go back to this I'm guy. stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I think the only time I've seen signs age like that, um, and this is going to – I'm sorry, Dad. I'm, I'm going to throw you out there. But on the structure – on the old structures that my dad did before I was born – uh, <laughs> you can see the white paper like shades that he put in windows and stuff like that are yellowing a little bit. But for the most part, I've not seen many people's have yellowing. I that's that's not something I've no. run in, into. I, I, I mean, you could use George Selios's layout as an example. I mean, he started in 1985, and it still looks fine. Um, so I don't know what would do that other than maybe the sun or someone's a smoker or. Mm-hmm. You know, something had to, had to add to that. It sounds uh, like it might be an environmental I mean, could, issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could dull coat it and, you know, seal it up. It should be fine. Yeah. We might have to start printing our signs on archival paper so it doesn't do that. <laughs> if only we had done that for our old stuff, yeah. How much more would that be, though? I mean, you're looking at... I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea that they yellow over time as long as, you know, it, it kind of adds to the effect rather than take away. So. Yeah. Right, right. I think the only thing I've noticed change color is I've used masking tape, um, like the scotch masking tape, for window shades before. And every now and then they'll, they'll yellow if it's a cheaper tape. But... And and I look fine because they're in windows and and you know if you have window blinds and they're white, eventually it's they're going to yellow. Take long. Yeah, they, in less than a year they're going to be in real life. They're they're going to start yellowing. You know, change color. So, yeah, yeah. In, in time they're going to change color. Especially if <laughs> I don't know about a year, field. but oh, maybe not. What you're doing in your house? In a year you're going to the wrong place. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's the adhesive in the tape that's adding to that Probably. sort of rapid discoloration. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at if you look at if you look at old photo albums where we use those little corners to hold the pictures way back when, they mm-hmm. all turn yellow. And maybe yeah. and, and maybe that's yellow. and maybe that's why yeah. people are having signs that might be yellowing. It might be the the way that you're applying the sign to the structure. Yep. Or I never blue. thought about the yeah. photos. The photo. Uh, holders that are that tape in those old <laughs> photo albums. I I never thought why they yellowed. Now I guess I, we know why. That's weird. Um, next one. It can be vi- it can be the very tiny signs that give the model that pop, like the house number on a mailbox. Any tips on applying signs? Uh, on applying tiny signs. I'm sorry. Oh, the tip of the, the tip of the sharp exacto blade. That's what we. That's what I use. <laughs> use a brand new blade. Say, a, very, a very small pointy toothpick. With, uh, yeah, with a little little dab of glue on the end. Sometimes yeah, the smaller the sign, the smaller the sign, the more likely I am to apply it with glue. 
if the signs are larger, then I usually stay with the transfer tape just because it's quick and neat and easy. But yeah, real teeny mm-hmm. tiny signs, uh, just a tiny drop of glue is is all, really all you need. And I I'm I think everyone in here's was on this consensus that you use a sharp point like a toothpick or a Zacto knife. Yeah. Yeah. Or if, or if you have a set of dental tools, um, you know, if you use them for like carving rocks, just the one with the hook that they always stick in your teeth to clean your teeth, that one's a really sharp. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just gave everyone chills. Everyone Somebody listening. Somebody has an anti-dentite. I think I might be getting huh? <laughs> 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 he got the chills. So did I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I, there's sometimes when I get lazy too, if the sign's not too small, like if it's a quarter size of a postage stamp, uh, and see if you guys have ever done this. I'll like lick my finger and dampen it, and just pick it up on the reverse side and pop it down onto my build. Because sometimes my fingers get—it's hard to pick up that little piece of paper. So if I just wet my finger, I can pick it up, uh, pick it up in reverse, so the printed sides on my finger, and and I just pop it down on the building. But, well, that, that's that might because that's that's how I that's how I clean my brushes. I save a lot of money on brushes. You just lick them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why your signs are turning yellow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. That, that we just figured it out. We answered two questions in one now. Um, there you go. Oh, this is a perfect one. This is a follow up to that one, and uh, I want I know everyone's done this, and it's not just for tiny signs; it's for all signs. Uh, from Matthew Hankins, tips on creating tiny printable signs, that, uh, tiny printed signs that are legible. Um, and that just goes for any sign. I've printed some bigger signs that are not very clear. Um, it took some trial and error. So I want to hear from a couple of you guys um, on uh, how you print custom signs that are clear. Well, sometimes well, a sign is... A, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> oh, Sometimes I want to use a sign just because it's really, really cool. I just love the sign, but I find that when I shrink it down in my, you know, before printing, it's no longer really that legible without, without printing it in a size that would be unrealistic. So sometimes I just have to bag a sign, and even though I love it, I end up not using it because it won't be readable once I get it down to appropriate scale size. So sometimes you just got to say, well, I love the sign, but I just can't use it. Hmm. Sometimes you can images. print signs on photo paper. Yeah. And and maybe get a little bit better resolution. But, yeah, you're right. You, the smaller you get, the more uh, distorted the fine edges and line work becomes. I find the opposite. Too. I know. The more I stretch it, 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 the more it gets stored and more pixelated. So you really want to start with a high quality image. If you don't start with a high quality yeah. image, it's lemonade. I mean, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It's what I know for it's for lemonade. my sign. Lemonade. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. It's Good. lemonade. Well, you're messing with lemons. You, you get oh. what I'm talking about? No, I've never. I'm sorry. If I'm the only. <laughs> so basically, if you, if you start if you start with a poor. If, yeah, if you start with a poor image, you, you're not going to get anything. No, no fruit will come from that. That's anything. I like. Okay, uh, you want to start with the high quality, something sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I at first I was like, "What did he just say? What was that?" And I had to. Sorry, I had to point whoa, that whoa, out. Back it up. Back it up a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, what were you going to say, Jason? Oh, I was going to say that um, for my signs, if something's going to be really small, I tried to 
I'll even bump it up to 600 DPI. I mean, really, 300 DPI is high enough. Um, but then when you shrink it down, it's going to stay pretty clear. But it is hard when you get images off the Internet because automatically, I believe you're at like 72 DPI. Um, yeah. But if you can if you can bump that bump up the resolution on it, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be way better when you shrink it down. Also, what I'll do is I'll shrink it down. I'll I'll do ten different sizes and then I'll print them off and then I'll I'll examine them and some of them will appear better than others. That's just a quick tip. That's what I'll I do. Throw all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the other thing that's that's saving too is. Um, I'm sure you've all done this where you print a sign, you're not happy with it, and you've only pr- you've printed this tiny little piece of sign. You've printed this tiny little sign in the dead center of this eight and a half by eleven inch paper, and you're like, "Great, now I got to run it no, through again. I just wasted that paper." My wife has yelled at me enough. I know better. <laughs> so now, if I'm making a print, I make sure it's worth it, and I print a whole bunch. I print a sheet out. Yeah, it's amazing. Try doing that out of what's that, Jake? I was just say, try doing that out of expensive decal paper. <laughs> I need a oh. tiny decal. Oh, gee. So, I tell you, I've sorry, gotten in the habit of uh, when you lay it out on a regular eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, when you lay that out in the computer, keep moving your signs around so that the last sheet you printed out, you can put it back in the printer and print your new sign if you put it up in the right-hand corner or down in the bottom left. Um, so you end up with – you keep using the same sheet over and over. You just keep moving your signs around on it. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I found that's a way – I'm not wasting paper by doing it that way. Sure, sure. All the printers are different as to how big of a piece of paper they need to have put in them. I, I've tried to cheat and get some pieces of paper to run through more than once. And sometimes it's a success at other times, not so much. <laughs> no, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a tricky thing to always figure out is, is getting them done right. And I always have anxiety that if they're going to not be scaled right or whatever. So I always, I always print multiple sizes as well. So. Yeah. Well, it comes in handy. Uh, you can use that same, um, business uh, image as a flyer for a poll right outside. There's lots of things you can be doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or put it somewhere else across your city as an advertisement elsewhere for that same thing. Exactly. Um, Uh, Annuity, that's good, yeah. Yeah. The next one, and and that's another thing. I don't, this isn't really a question, but, um, you know, do you guys do this? I thought about, I know I want to do this on our layout, and it's something I've thought about a lot. But as you have businesses, we make all these businesses. Do you guys often put uh, signs for your businesses within your city at other parts of your city? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just you don't hear talk. You don't. No one really. No one really talks about that very much. It's when you're when you're in any small town and there's a there's a whatever. A, well, Brett. Brett, we all have a bunch of pieces lying around from past projects. So when you're going into that signage and you're looking for your signage, oh, this is like six projects right in front of you. Yeah. And you can just take a, take one of them. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why you shouldn't use that. Absolutely. I, I just never thought about, you know, I mean, I've thought about doing it personally. We just never talked about it on the show is advertising for the businesses in your city elsewhere in your city. 
that's what it's all about I've sharing seen, that idea that came to you absolutely yeah i've what? seen that on george's layout where he'll have like a uh a butcher shop over in uh, bedford falls or something and then somewhere else on the layout is a delivery truck with a sign for that butcher <clears throat> shop or whatever the business oh, happens to be clever so that yeah, there, there you're getting kind of a a presence of the business in the in the geographic area. Yeah, so yeah. You could even cool. you could even plaster that on on a delivery truck. Yeah, you know I mean? you could mark. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've done that on some some kits. Like uh, I think even the boxing gym might have a billboard for my first kit, which was Big Lou's Grill. Like you missed it two miles down the road or something like that. Just to <laughs> yeah. <see how>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, cool. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea, and I and I really, Brett, you're right. I've really thought about that. It was no, what but we need to do. Anytime and, you're uh, in a city, you see, you know, if, even if it's someone, uh, you know, Mrs. Smith's uh, bakery, usually yeah. somewhere within that town, you'll find a flyer or something elsewhere of that same place. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's do the next question. We only have a few more to go. Um, this one's from Mind Mount Models, Ron Kleiss. And I've not experimented with this, Ron, so I have no answer for this one. But has anyone else experimented with the photo transfer solution from Rust-Oleum that he mentioned? Uh, I think he talked about it on our show, too, um, that he was experimenting with. Uh, it leaves the paper with a painted-on look. And I know you can apply Mod Podge and do kind of the same thing. So have you guys ever done a transfer of custom-printed signs like that with a photo transfer medium? I have not, no. Nope. No, I have not. But I, I do. Uh, I've heard that you can do that with Mod Podge. Yeah, I think the Rustoleum stuff is it, a similar competitive product to the Mod Podge. Do you have to print the the image in in reflected or reverse I, mode so that I think it you would with the letters properly? I think you would have to because yep. you have to put it down face first yep. on the uh, on the item. Right. That's right. It sounds like something we got to test. Yep. We got like a lot of work to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's a lot of time that I could be building something, man. I don't know. Yeah, but if you find the right sign, I mean, it, if you find the right sign, and there's a lot of old commercial artists back that existed back in the early mid, you know, mid 20th century that would paint murals on walls. Um, and I'm not. I know I'm not hand painting that on a wall. So if you can find a way to photo transfer something like that, if you're trying to achieve that look, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Like th- that. When you just go down to Mechanicsburg in town, there's walls that are that have art, like full size, full sides of brick buildings that are just murals. I mean, yeah, if someone's looking it. to do that, that's a way you could do that. Okay. One thing I thought I'd throw in. Uh, I used to visit this little town in Arizona once a year uh, with my dad and we would, we would go there pretty often as a kid. And all of a sudden I started to notice that the same sign painter had painted at least 50% of the small business signs all through the community. And he had a certain style and this was obviously before, you know, a lot of graphics, but he must've hand painted or some other form of early sign painting. And it was really neat to see this consistency from one business to the next of this guy's sign painter style which I thought was pretty cool. It it wasn't necessarily noteworthy, but 
you could tell that one person had done but he was all these sides in town he was that guy that town's guy for painting yeah 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 it was the only business you know unless unless you know like a big commercial gas station came in town or something like that but he he hand painted and designed all these smaller to medium sized signs all over town it was it was interesting to see now, Jason Jensen just did that, uh, not maybe last month ago, did he not? He actually painted his own signs and reduced them. Ah! Jason? Jason? Yep. <laughs> yes, I did. I uh, I took a painting that I did and photographed it, um, got it into my computer and shrunk it down and just printed it, you know, printed the sign out all different sizes on one sheet of paper and then picked which ones I wanted to use and just put them on the layout. Um, but, uh, that was a fun, fun project. Neat to see my, my own art, you know, on the layout. So, uh, that was those coffee signs. They cool. were cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Thanks. Um, I didn't mean to not say they weren't cool. They were awesome, Jason. I was trying to read the next question as well. Um, Thanks, yeah. The next one is from Dan Banks. And this is a cool one. I know I always like to harvest fonts as well, uh, both for my professional work and for my hobby work. What are your favorite font sites to go to for any of us here? I'll let each of you go around and and name them off. So I'll start with (laughs) you, Frank. Um, You can can skip me a font site. I mean, geez, a font site. I don't even what's the font site. Oh, like uh, okay. So I'll start off. Uh, I like to go to a, a site called Font Squirrel, um, and it's it's a lot of them. Most of them are free for commercial and uh, private use. But you have to just check the, with the font. But basically, if you're creating custom signs, you can download these fonts into your PC, and uh, and they they it's just like if, if you were selecting Times New Roman or whatever else. You can so, put, so, Siri, what you're saying is, like, if, you, if the 400 fonts that are provided to you are insufficient, yes. you can actually get additional, additional. Correct. Wow. Wow. Correct. Huh. But there's a couple of them out there, and I know a few people have been asking for them. So one of mine is Font Squirrel. So if you guys have any other ones, let me know. I mean, everybody Fontsnob. has their thing. Com. Oh, wow. Font Snob. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if that one's not if that one's not owned, I think we're gonna make a new one. We'll buy that domain and, and make it work. That's kind of like I, I don't have one. That's kind of like we all have like uh, we have all these uh, craft paints in little bottles, <laughs> and and uh, you know you have like Who a is couple it? hundred of Scott... them in all different shades. You have, you have thirty different shades of brown. I you think. You probably only need like what six, you know. I think that and was Scott Perry who said that before. Where Scott Perry was on our page one day saying about how he's baffled, basically, that all of us have this obsession with buying hundreds of craft paints because he works with like twenty-five base colors and he achieves everything he needs from that. And I'm like, you know, I never thought about it that way. You could just mix with a small quantity, but you know, it's addicting when you see all these colors. You just got to buy them all. We all have our vices. Yeah, there's a there's a sign, um, a sign, a font site called Dafont, D-A-F-A-O-N-T. Mm. Yep, and I was going to say that. I tons, like that one. Yeah, there's tons of free fonts, and there's tons of you can get them. You know, if they're by category, you can find some older ones. It's like under old school, or there's script, or old school script, and 
you can get a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good free. old block and display fonts on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Ones that don't come with your PC, Frank. No. <laughs> <laughs> or Mac, whatever you yeah. use. Somewhere on the internet, there is a site where you can take an image of a font that you like, and it'll try and find and suggest the closest one. So oh, yeah. rather than having to go search through millions of fonts uh, ran at random, you can you can enter an image, and they'll try and locate something. Oh my! That's Actual cool. results may vary, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, done that a few times. <laughs> I've also had to make some fonts and draw some letters for some very specific things that I wanted. I wanted to copy a sign specifically that there was no font for, and it's a very labor-intensive uh, process uh, with Adobe Illustrator, but really figured out how to nail it, and, and uh, I'm proud of it. They're nothing special to probably to the rest of you, but <laughs> I, just, I like that I found a skill. To, to draw them and, and make them work to match old photos and old signs. I couldn't find a font. What were you saying, Dad? I said that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that is. And uh, I've had the font.com that, that Doug was talking about. Um, you can also, and I think most of the font sites are like that, but you know, one of the cool things that I liked about it is I can go in and type the actual words that I want and then pick the font and then it or type the letters that I want to make that sign, and then it will show me how those letters will look in that font, which is cool before I select and download it. Um, it's a it's a pretty cool site. I had a bunch of fonts downloaded on my computer, which I still have, but Adobe Illustrator Creative Cloud kind of overrides it with the fonts that they have, and so I'm finding that I'm either using their fonts or I'm having to go back and re-import some of the old fonts that I have stashed away here so that I can find some of that better stuff and not be limited to their library. I like that. Um, the next question is from Chris Galvin. This one's cool. I've not ever run into this on our work we've done, but I'm interested in it. I see people do some really badass ones too um but he's always been a fan of neon signs do you guys have any tips on making neon signs from scratch if that's possible i do make them in uh 135th scale okay <laughs> make them. I, 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 I don't think i mean i haven't seen anything really successful in ho myself yeah um i mean i've seen a couple uh um, i know there's some kits i remember yeah, I mean, but if you think about it, if you look at a neon, a real neon sign, the tube is like the thickness of a finger, right? Right. So what's right. a finger in HO scale? <laughs> yeah. Um, look at one of our fingers <laughs> we have. So it, yeah. So what I would do in each. each okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry. Oh, uh, what I would do just the simple solution for that would just be to print your image and backlight it. So you would want a very vibrant uh, color for that, uh, like an, an image of a neon sign, and then I would backlight that with an actual light uh, to illuminate that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you can. There, are, there's are signs from uh, I think it's Miller Engineering makes signs like that that light up. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah I believe. Uh, uh, I believe what um, uh, there's uh, obviously we've seen some from uh, Microlumina as well. I know that 
that he sells some. The last show I was at, I saw he had some. Actually, I, I think I bought one of his neon signs. I haven't put it up yet. It's in a, it's in one of my bins with all the other little tiny parts that I haven't done anything with yet. But um, uh, it's uh, yeah, he has some neon signs for sale as well, uh, that are pretty cool. So that's another thing. Signs at light are pretty cool. Um, you know, lighted signs. There's yeah. a product out there called Light Sheet. And yeah, I can't speak from experience, but I've seen guys put it on the back of their Millennium Falcon models to get that blue glow. And I wonder if you could take that same light sheet product and put this sort of uh, clear image with the, with the black and the colors for the neon on top of the light sheet so that you could get your custom neon. But it sounds a lot like what the guys are doing with, uh, with the kits, too. Yeah. But it, it's creating that artwork uh, first. I think so that you can put the light source behind it. For me, I think one of the problems with uh, neon, or not just neon, but some illuminated signs for the smaller scales like HO and, and down, you have to be careful because sometimes they can get, uh, especially for craftsman modeling, if you're more concerned about how things are looking and how how you know specific we are trying to achieve a look, it's easy for those to get a little, um, and I hate to use this word, but... It's easy for them to kind of look a little tacky. Um, so yeah. I think the general like, yeah. the general rule of thumb is just be careful with some of that stuff because, you know, they can look really cool, but I've seen them look pretty uh, tacky as well. They kind of – and I, I, I'm going to have a lot of people mad at me, but the – you ever seen those carnival – what are those What are those kits that are like the carnival uh, – who makes those ones? They're like – the fair the European kits, yeah, faller and uh, Cabri. Yeah, they yeah. look like the fairs and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, I think a lot of those signs can get a little bit looking like that. Um, yeah, but prove me wrong. I, everyone out there has. There's always in every episode of some guy that knocks one out of the park. So I'm putting <laughs> it out there to you guys to prove me wrong for that kind of stuff. Well, well it kind of goes back to the. the first question that we raised, uh, you know, can you overdo signs? I, I used to belong to a metal railroad club and we had one guy, every sign he built, he was on this electric light up sign kit and his section of the layout. Oh my gosh. His section of the layout had so many light up signs. I mean, you could turn off the layout room lights and read when you walk past his module and, and it was it was just way, way, way overdone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those light-up signs are cool, especially if you're doing an urban scene. But, uh, again, be judicious. Uh, don't overdo it. Yeah. Or, or, you know, lights lights shining on a sign would be even better. Now, that's... Like, a- uh, like the spotlights, you know. On a, like, I'm, I'm sure Frank has a million billboards with uh, lights that shine on them. And it's... And I think a lot of it also depends on yeah. how much light you're putting on that sign. You can make that dimmer or less light, and you might get a really – it might look really spectacular like that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like a diffuse I'll actually, light. I'll actually move my lights around before I install them just because an inch left or right will make a drastic impact to the, to the feel of it. So uh, you want to play mm-hmm. around before you install. Sure. I created a sign once that had a backlit image for movie titles, and then it had some front-lit little uh, shade lights to light the other part of the sign. I didn't get the right size bulbs 
for the 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 the, uh, the shade lights. And so what happens is you've got this really bright light that just burns right through this white flex, and then you've got these little uh, other light, the, uh, the shade lights that just don't put enough power on there. And so getting those kind of things worked out, I think, is really important so that you're dealing with a similar amount of uh, light intensity on your project. So... Absolutely, and someone looks at that and say, "Hey, he lit it," but they don't realize all these different steps and teetering in this way, that way, and it takes a lot of work. And people just kind of point yeah. the finger sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jason. Hey, Jason. Yeah, it's not really pertaining to science, but I'm thinking about lights now. <laughs> you need to light that. You need to light that damn harbor of yours, man. <laughs> you need to put lights down there. That's going to look awesome when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my theory on lights, and some people may hate this. Bring it on. This is going to be I, good. I, I am in my layout room. When I'm running my trains or looking at it, um, it's during the day. And I noticed, too, like when I went and visited um, the Franklin and South Manchester, it was during the day. That's when most people see a layout. And lights – there were lights on George's layout, but you don't really notice them because it's during the day. It's not, I don't want to go in my layout room and turn the lights off and see it glowing. To me, that's not because <laughs> Because I'm putting hours and weeks and months into detailing my layout. I want to see all that detail. I don't want to turn the lights off and see little lights going. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot hiding yeah. in the dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, I, and for me, um, I'm a I'm naturally a klutz. So if the lights are out, I'm going to run into something. Probably run into the layout, knock some stuff down. So yeah, leave the lights on. I do think <laughs> I, I'll add to this. I think lights are 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 good in circumstances where um, even during the day in a city or in a town where you would have a low lit area, like an underpass or um, like I'm doing, like I just did with um, the terminal. I underlit, I lit underneath the bus terminal. So that would be something day during the day. It would be lit. Um, And that's what Dave was saying about the, with George, when you look at it, the things that are lit, uh, was that Dave or was that Jason? Well, the things on on the Franklin South Manchester that are lit up, um, you know, it that was Jason. Um, they are yeah, they need that light to be able to yeah, see them. Yeah. There's little things like in those tunnel sure. weights that had the mirrors and such. He has lights yep. in there, and you wouldn't because you wouldn't see the detail in there otherwise. And it's brilliant yeah. the way that's done. So, yeah, there are other reasons to put lights though uh, that you would see in the day. I mean, uh, traffic control. Uh, there's, yeah, there's lots of instances where you should have like sure yep Yep. okay any more questions brett uh well i don't know you posted them i'm just reading them uh we have we have a couple more here real quick we'll go through these ones let's try and speed up through these ones and um get them finished uh so this one's off the wall and it's not we'll go through this one quickly um from scott horgan not modeling related. I want to know what everyone's favorite cookie is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Mine's a snickerdoodle. Pirate. 
Coffee. Oatmeal raisin for me. <laughs> Chocolate chip. What was yours, Dave? Oh, good lord! Whatever, whatever you put out. Ah, oh, did you yeah. say yours, Frank? <laughs> uh, pirate, pirate cookies. Pirate cookies. The peanut butter. What are they? Oh, wow. Pirate is just a peanut butter. It's basically like an Oreo, but you have a, a oatmeal and peanut butter top and a peanut butter filling and an oatmeal and peanut butter. Pie. Oh my goodness! That's, that's like, I've never heard of that. Maybe it's a Canadian thing, pirate. Well, it's not. It's not going to be. It's going to be a Canadian thing. It's going to be a Carlisle, Pennsylvania thing soon here in my house. That sounds amazing. I'm a chocolate chip guy too. <laughs> um, all right. Next one from Joe Collins. How do you? We kind of did this one. Um, well, we'll go through this. I'll just announce it. We already kind of talked about this one. How do you scale science to find that you find down to fit? what you need. And uh, I think most of us use just a photo editing app and trial and error with that one. And a ruler. Yeah. And a ruler. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, only, the only thing I would say about that though, is to make sure you do it proportionally because sometimes people will stretch things. Yes. And then you make sure, the absolutely. vertical part Old of the part shift. too thin yeah. or yeah. too yeah. wide. You either stretch <laughs> it or you bunch it, it up. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. That's when it looks weird. So don't do that. <laughs> Speaking of which, before we go to the next if there's another question, but I have a question that's going to fit in with that. He, you know, go for it. If there's if there's a sign, let's get on signs here for each one of you. I'm going to hear. Well, I want to hear. We all have a pet peeve when we see signs or how signs are made. What is one pet peeve that kind of just irritates you a little bit when you see uh, somebody put a sign up that you know it just doesn't. You, you just don't like to see. I'm a framer, so the bracing and uh, the back sign, uh, it can irk me a bit because some of them are out to lunch. It's just over, over brace. Uh, I mean, I think it goes through a, a hurricane. It would be fine, but. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I've seen some over brace signs, I'm telling you. The strongest part of the plate of the whole building is the, the sign on top. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? I got one, but I'll let you guys go first. I, I got some. Go for it. <laughs> More than one. Some. So I, I was at a, a very, uh, uh, very nice uh, model railroad convention. I'm not going to name specifics, but contest quality models that are popular voted on. And, you know, I, I think what all of us have done here have kind of raised the bar in our own way of what model railroad science should look like. And we've all got our own modeling techniques, but all of a sudden I'm like, that sign kind of looks like it was made on a typewriter, <laughs> you know, or that yeah. sign looks like they just didn't put all the energy for their contest winning model that we do for models that aren't necessarily contest quality, but we put it out there and it, it was just, that was kind of awkward. So it was a bad font choice. Looked like it may or may not have been done on a typewriter. The other thing, um, there's a, a whole a whole theory in graphic design uh, about negative and positive space, how much emptiness you have in your background, too much or too little. Uh, there's that. And then the other thing that I notice, uh, well, there's fonts, font, uh, font types in terms of is that era appropriate or is it that right for that kind of business and its legibility. Um, and then there's another thing to do, and, and all of us that have designed uh, signs on the computer, 
your letter spacing and your kerning is really important so that you have something that looks like it just didn't get typed in, that it was actually set. So your letters are shifted closer or further apart depending on which characters they are. So that's my long-winded answer. Sorry about all that. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Yeah, my, yeah, my, my answer is kind of very similar. Um, the signs that look bad are the ones that are just, you know, typed out of Microsoft Word where they're using the, the default font, which is like Calibri or Monaco or whatever the Microsoft fonts are that come with the computer. Yeah. Don't, use any, don't use any of those because they've never been used on a real sign uh, that's, that's interesting. So um, you, you really have to do the research. You know, you've got to look at the sign you're trying to replicate. And uh, if you do, you'll realize those fonts have nothing in common with what you're doing. Um, or that, that font, I think it's called curls. It's like some squiggly lettering that like a, you know, a fifth grader would use on their notebook or something. And, yeah. you know, you're not going to put that on the side of a factory. So Right. Um, Frank, Frank, you got any pet peeves? Uh, I was number one. Uh, the brace, oh, but you, we can. You we were can first. Touch on what about Jason? <laughs> um, I guess maybe two. Uh, I think it's so easy just to paint the edge of the paper so that it doesn't look like paper. Yeah, it's so easy to do, but I think a lot of people don't do that, so it just looks like a paper sign stuck on the side of the building. Right. So easy, just take a marker or even the edge of your paintbrush and just quick go around the edge of the sign. And then I, I think a lot of people tend to go too big with their sign. You can read the sign from all the way across the layout room <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> scale it down. Make sure that it's to scale on your building. Um, uh, there's, Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing large billboards on the side of a, a building, but um, don't put the name of a, a company, uh, like, huge on the side of a building. Um, I think maybe too many people worry about, having it having someone look at the model and be able to read it right away and really scale it down don't be so worried about um reading it from far away i mean if you have to get right up on top of the model to read it um that's fine as long as it's to scale right dave uh probably uh, well the first one is in line with what you know, guys have said previously, and that's a, a font that's obviously not appropriate. You know, if you're modeling 1950 and you're using like Comic Sans font or, font or something, it, it just just doesn't look right. <laughs> um, the second one, I'm actually probably a little bit guilty of, and that is, and part of the problem is, I've never picked this a particular era that I'm trying to model my town <laughs> i mean it's just kind of a amorphous oh i don't know anytime from 1935 to 1950 and i i know and some of you guys probably have spotted it in my work i might have a couple of signs on a building that might be you know 10 20 years apart in chronologically but 
if they look cool and I like them, I do it anyway. Now yeah. I do try to avoid a real obvious glaring time leap. Um, you know, so for example, I know uh, one one of the I, I hate to keep bringing up George's layout, but there was an example that George had a a sign on one of his buildings from Celestial Seasonings Tea, mm-hmm. and, and one of the one of the guys on Facebook it might have been. Jeff Adam, or it might have been Michael Duggan, I'm not sure. He pointed out that, well, wait a minute, that was a 1970s product. <laughs> and George changed it shortly thereafter. I think word got back to him that uh, the sign was inappropriate. So I, so I certainly try to avoid a leap of several decades, you know. But um, something like that can be really glaring, you know. Like you've got a, 19, uh, a World War II recruiting sign that looks cool as hell, but you're modeling 1970. Well, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. right, those right. would be my two. Those would, sure. those would be my two. For, for me, I think uh, my biggest thing is on a sign that's painted on the wall, or it's a paper sign of some type, and it's still supposed to be a paper sign, or a billboard of type, rust. Big, giant rust streaks and stuff on places where rust wouldn't be unless there's a pipe or something sticking out of it. Okay. Or if there's a nail, if there's nail holes, put a little tiny, you know, if they put up there, if, you know, I don't know if they put up there with a nail or whatever, and you can, you can actually see it, or maybe you want to make a tiny itty bitty rust dot. That's fine. But that big, long streaking rust down the side of a, a sign that for something that isn't there, that's metal to make it rust. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I see that a lot. I see it an awful lot, and it, it you know it it would be great if there's like I said a pipe or some kind of a a, a metal uh, light uh, hanging above it or something like that. Uh, but I'm, I guess uh, you've all seen the same kind of thing I have. But I see the, all these rust dots and spots all over a sign where there's no. Now if the signs to be de- de- depicted like it's made of metal, which a lot of signs were back in the day. Um, yeah, I mean, fine, put the rust spots all over it. But if it's a sure, or, mural or a wall. Use, yeah, yeah, or if you use nut bolt washer castings to mount a big heavy sign, you can right. have rust streaking down off of those. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's it. Now, to, to, to kind of spin it, kick a positive spin on that, one of the things I really do appreciate is when people put enough thought into their sign selection that the signs themselves kind of tell a story and you can see this in, in, in a lot of people's work, you know, like, uh, um, like I've got a, on, on one that I'm working on now, I've got a circus poster hanging up on a fence. And to some people, the circus was just a den of iniquity. So I've got a whole bunch of tent revival signs that somebody came along and tried to plaster over the, the circus poster with all these tent revival Christian <laughs> Revival signs, you know. So, so that kind That's of a cool idea. Little, yeah, just to tell 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 a little little story there. You know, somebody came walking by and said, "Oh my gosh, the circus! So we're going to cover it up with our, uh, you know, Billy Graham signs or whatever." So I, I really appreciate. It. And, and George does that with his signs. You know, there are uh-huh. stories if you watch if you look closely. Um, Doug mentioned earlier the uh, the idea of uh, was it on Hollanders the a sign referring to is the first kit, Big Al's yeah. or Big Loops, yep. I think it was. Yeah, little, yeah, little touches like that. Obviously, somebody put thought into that. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. 
All right. Um, let's move on to our last two, and then we're going to wrap up our questions, and then we'll finish up this week's episode with whatever else you guys have. Uh, this one's from Mark Room. Re- I mean, I'm going to butcher his last name. Mark Rehum. Um, Reem. It might be Reem. What the thing? Anyways, doesn't matter. Mark, I'm sorry. I just screwed up your last name. All right. He's looking to apply signs to plastic brick walls. When in the process of prepping those walls, should he apply those signs um, before or after painting the bricks and before or after adding mortar to the uh, unsigned walls? So I'll let one of you guys pick that one up and answer them. If you want. Or I'll tell him how I would do it. <laughs> I think you got to paint all your brickwork first. Uh, That's what I would do. Personally. I I would go with painting the bricks first uh, and then add the sign. Um, there's no reason to uh, paint around that sign. I think I would just end up boogering the sign up. Yeah, it would be the last step. I mean, paint the brick, put your mortar in, then put your sign on, and like Doug had mentioned, then take brick color and sponge it over the top of the sign so it looks like the the brick is showing through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you can even add some white streaks, some white chalk from the brick when it gets uh, that effervescent stuff to just to kind of blend it in a little bit too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. He has one other last question. This one's a fun one, and I think all of us have probably tried tried doing this or have done it. Um, can we talk stop signs and railroad crossing signs? And I'll add in just general road signs. What have you guys done to, to scratch build some custom signs? Like not building signs. Now we're talking about, uh, railroad signs and roadside signs. Custom build a speed limit sign. Oh, Go ahead, Jason. I did a speed limit. I did a speed limit sign on my layout recently, and it was just an image I got off of the internet. But again, the key to making it look real is to paint the edge of the paper, and then to paint the backside of the paper, um, you know, like a metal color, so that it doesn't look like just a paper sign hanging on. Uh, the pole or utility pole, wherever you're going to put it. So. Yeah. Yeah. If it's I a stop sign, just... I, w- I would. Uh... Uh, Doug, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, if it's like a, a stop sign, I would just kind of do what Jason said. I, I would, I, I would use a Sharpie marker, a silver marker, just color the back silver, color the edges silver. You know, it's like that galvanized aluminum or it's aluminum or whatever it is. And then you can yeah. just, you know, make every every instance of white paper has to disappear, you know, because you're going to see all sides of it. Yeah. And what, what I do for nail holes or if it's going to be screwed onto a pole, I just get uh, a number two pencil and... I actually sharpen it with my exacto blade, get it as sharp as you can and poke little holes in the corners. Um, and then the, uh, the lead of the, the graphite of the pencil leaves it a little kind of a silver mark next to the holes. Uh, I think that looks good. Now, 
Uh, Frank, are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, you do more road signs and signs on a layout than I think I've ever seen w along the streets. What, what, what do you say? Uh, <laughs> one of my first jobs, well, not my first jobs. I used to do parking enforcement a long, long time ago. And uh, once you go through a course like that, you don't look at signs the same way. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there's just lots of details that are available if you're willing to go for it. I mean, it's that extra step uh, to do signage for parking and, uh, and the street signs. Uh, that's actually something I don't see uh, too often is uh, the names of the streets. And uh, it's a great detail. Uh, if you can find the time and patience to, to cut out the names of streets and, and signage for parking, I mean, it could make a drastic effect uh, to your forefront of your images for sure. Wait. That wraps up our patron questions. So whatever else you had planned, Dad. I, I think I think we covered. We've been on for almost two hours. I think we I think yeah. we covered a lot <laughs> of the signs. To be honest with you, I think they have a toolbox full of tips today. And it's like I said, it's ten o'clock. I think everybody would just like to wrap and go to bed. I'm guessing <laughs> it's ten o'clock here, uh, unless you're on the west coast. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, unless you're Jake over there, Jake's getting ready for dinner. You know. <laughs> I wanted to add one thing. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I started this new Facebook group called Model Railroad Signs, Graphics, and Designs, and it's not just me spitting out the religion. It's for everybody so that we can all uh, improve our, our knowledge and, and uh, I'm in it. insight into making signs. I'm in it, and I and suggest I everyone joining. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I already it's stole. I already took. I didn't steal. I used it. I borrowed it. But uh, you're not getting it back. Uh, I took. I think Matthew Hankins put an old beer distributor sign up or beer manufacturer sign up from Baltimore, which is kind of the region we're building. And I got a really sick sign off of it. I custom fitted it to the side of my building. I did for the contest build and uh, slapped it on the side of my building there. So I already caught a cool sign out of it. So if you guys are listening, I think you should go to Jake's group because it's strictly for signs, which fits this week's episode. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, and I'm, a great group. Yeah. What was the name of it again? I'm looking for uh, Model Railroad Signs, Graphic, and Designs. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty cool group. And I'm looking for everybody to dump whatever signs they want to onto our page and share how they've made stuff. It, 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 it To me, it's kind of an extension of what we're talking about here um, for everybody to just stay uh, thinking about this stuff for their models because it really makes a difference. Yeah. Dave's going to fill that thing up in a heartbeat. <laughs> so as we I think I've submitted a, I've submitted a few not too many yeah so as we let's wrap cool. up and uh let's go around each one of you guys if you have anything else to add um and then we're going to wrap up this week's show and uh again I thank you guys for coming on so uh Jake put his little plug in so we're going to move on to um we'll do Frank next so you got anything last here you want to add for signage or just in general Frank I would just say uh, keep at it. Uh, don't don't go for the easy fix. Uh, do the hard work. Resize your stuff. Print out multiple stuff. Uh, show the people that something they haven't seen before. That's yeah, and advice. and for anyone listening, if you're not familiar with Frank's group, it's Model Railroading Structures and Scenery, right? Or yep, it's a Facebook group. I'll be yep. happy to add you. Uh, you can contribute to the fam. Yeah, yours is a pretty good group. Pretty healthy size as well. So it's a lot of interaction, but. Um, 
Uh, lots of posts. Uh, we're growing. We're about 8,000 now. Yeah, uh, that's so crazy. We're growing a lot of great wow. ideas coming through. It's a great environment that you got going on there. So um, imagine uh, imagine eight thousand fine scale modelers. It's a great place to be for sure. It's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I saw that guy posted that picture of Rankin said he was building a Rankin Steakhouse, and the uh, salmon color that was beautiful. Awesome, man. Yeah, that, beautiful. I never I never would have thought about doing it that color. It was right? it turned out cool. So yeah, um, it makes me want to try it. Absolutely. That's I know. I have to do another Rankins now. Not just kidding. You know? <laughs> um, uh, Let's move on. Doug's to, like over there taking. Doug's like taking orders. Right <laughs> let's. I'll move on. To, let's move on to Doug while we're at it. Um, do you have anything final to add here, Doug? Uh, I guess I, I, I refer back to what uh, what you've mentioned. Someone had said about George's layout being, uh, you know, too too heavy on the signage. Um, but I, a, I don't think it is. And if you think about the the two, one of the two main things that dictate what area you're modeling it's vehicles and signs you take away those two things and then you don't know what year it is you don't yeah. know what part of the country it is you know you know yeah. that's that's yeah. how we tell that's how we tell the story of the time period which is very specific to model railroading uh most model railroaders anyway so it is one of the most important things if you think about it um because other I, than that it's just blank build, buildings it, and you know and I think to add to that, yeah, anytime you go and you stand in an intersection, at, even in a smaller, you know, medium-sized town, you stand in an intersection, and man, you could pick out a couple dozen signs just within eyesight of you in that intersection for most towns. Um, so I don't think you yeah. can go. Uh, you mean you probably can go overboard? I shouldn't say you can't go overboard, but do it up. Make it, you know, pack that thing full of of, of graphics and signs because, like you said, without that, it just becomes generic usa don't you don't know what it is right so right yeah. yeah and that's that's to me that's the fun part it's like what are you modeling oh i'm modeling new york or you're modeling colorado well how are you doing that and you know a big part of it is what does it look like so helping uh, you tell the yeah. story right um that's a good point i like that so let's move on to uh jason and then we'll do dave's at the end here jake Jake, yeah, Jake. I actually, I actually have a question for everyone. Um, how do you do windows signs? Uh, now I use acetate for my windows, and I glue the acetate into the window frame, and then I cut a second piece of acetate that is larger. I glue all my signs onto that second piece of acetate, and then glue that to the back side of the window that's already in place. So your the signs are sandwiched in between the two pieces of acetate. But I was just wondering if anyone um, had a different technique that maybe would be easier. Well, that's that's the way I do it, but that's because I got the tip from Jason. Hello. Jake, you want to say that again? Can you say that again? That sounded like a ping pong ball going on. That was robot. It was robot, Jake. <laughs> Something up over there with Jake right now. Jake, man. are you all right? I'm fine. I need to care. Oh no! Uh oh. 
Jake. Yeah, we're going to have to work with Nanu, that Nanu. Yeah, that Man, he was sounding like he was uh, you know, stuck in space, uh, space a sci-fi movie there. Um, Dave, before Jake comes back in here, do you have anything else you wanted to wrap up with? Um, you know, I'm not really a train guy, so I'm kind of like, uh, kind of like you guys, Brett Todd. I'm really a structure and scenery guy, so I find that signs are a good opportunity to just have fun and think outside the box. Um, one thing you can do is signs that are more three-dimensional. Um, like I love the old trade signs where it was actually a three-dimensional item hanging out over the sidewalk. Like if you were a shoemaker, it would actually be a a carved boot. Um, I did one for a dentist that was a carved tooth. Um, and it was just a way to change things up a little bit and have a little bit of fun. Um, and another thing is signs don't always have to be flat on a wall. You know, think about doing what are called blade signs that, that, again, stick out, hang out over the uh, over the sidewalk rather than just being glued flat to the wall. Um, and then another real good example of a sign that's almost three-dimensional, Doug, your Lamont photo has that awesome sign for the rooftop with the cutout camera and the word Lamont oh, yeah, underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, anything to change up the signs so that they're not always just flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can... Uh, Oh, I had another one that was, um, I did a, uh, a plumbing supply place and I, I cut a bathtub in half because I saw this on Shorpy and I actually mounted the bathtub up over the door and that's where the gooseneck lamp emerged from. So that gave a little free, three-dimensional oh, cool. look to yeah. a sign. So yeah, take the opportunity to, to just have fun with signs and really give your, give your buildings character. Yeah, I agree with that. The one last thing I want to put in here, um, and I think we might have lost, I don't know if we lost Frank or we lost someone. We lost Frank. All right, Frank's out. He's yeah. Not, yeah, he sent a message. He's a little under weather right now. So. Okay. All right. Is Jake still here? Jake is. Uh, it's a little better. <laughs> um, Jake got abducted by aliens. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But anyways, well, I hope I hope Frank is feeling better. Uh, I wanted to add one thing, and maybe Jake. I don't know what's going on with his connection. We can. You want me to call you back in real quick, or do you want to wrap up? I think I'd be. I think I'd be good. Just get. All right. Get I'll, I'll gonna keep. I'm gonna we'll keep talking. A minute or two, and then we'll wrap. I'm gonna it up. keep talking. I'm gonna add Jake. I'm gonna add my last thing, and then um, we'll let Jake okay. wrap up, and we'll finish up okay. for the night. Um, the one cool thing that I like to do with signage is, uh, and then this is you got to practice with this. Is I like to custom print. Um, large block. Hey there. hey there. Now you sound better. Um, I uh, like to custom print one of my, like, uh, what was one I did? I don't know. I've done a couple of them. I'll get big block lettering, like big giant, like thicker fonts, print them out to the scale that I want them and I'll cut them out with a Zacto knife. And then you, you essentially create a, a stencil, um, like you get with, you know, Doug does a lot of those in his kits. A lot of the other guys do them too, where you can sponge the letters onto the wall. I love to, you can custom print your own text as long as it's big enough and thick enough text to hand cut with a Zacto knife that text out of it. You just got to leave, if you have an O, you have to leave a little line in there to keep the center of the O attached to your stencil. Um, But that's a cool sign technique that you guys can do at home with two colors of acrylic paint and some computer paper. 
Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, so like if you want to do uh, the word Cruisewick on the side of a building and you don't want to hand paint it, you just cut your own stencil out by typing the paper and cutting out the black letters. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It does work better if you're able to pick up a little bit of cardstock that'll run through your printer because it's easier to sponge paint with that cardstock. But um, yeah, yeah I've, I've done that with a few things. That's a good tip. So, all right, Jake, are you there now? I'm here. All right. What were you saying when you were uh, turning in the robot, Jake, there for a minute? Gosh, I can't even remember now what it was. I've, I've moved on in, in my mind to something else I wanted to share with you. <laughs> um, all right, so do you have any last parting words we're going to wrap up this week? Are you talking about? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was just going to tell you about a sign I made, but I don't know if that, that – it's not really a wrap-up, so maybe I'll just save it for later. <laughs> Go for it. Entertain us, and then we'll call it, we'll call okay, it an evening. Okay, okay. So if you've seen some of these old industrial buildings – or, or maybe downtown structures. I've seen some structures where there's the letter that is actually a light box. And so the lights are inside and it's a metal casing and all oh, the yeah. lights are inside and it's sitting on, uh, a, I don't know, I'm not scaffolding, but whatever sort of uh, support apparatus there is behind the letters. And so you'll see these big glowing letters. Yeah. So I took some uh, Plex and laser cut it to the letters and then I reverse painted everything. So white paint went in, in, in splotches and then some yellow paint. So it looked like the lights were off, but they still were illuminated inside. And the whole time I'm doing this, I still have the adhesive paper on the plastic on, on the clear acrylic. And so I've underpainted all this white and yellow. And then I went over the whole thing with silver because silver has a way of, of keeping light from passing through. And then I went back over it with black paint, and then I peeled the paper off. And what I got was this sort of plastic-ish paint that you could see into through the clear. Huh. Well, now I put all this paint on, and i got to glue it to my structure apparatus. And I couldn't use plastic paint because it would take the paint off. So I had to go in with tacky glue, glue all the letters in on, on the frame, and then I had to weather it with oil paint because if I were weathered it with water-based washes, I would have softened all the uh, the uh, Aline's tacky glue. Yeah. So I'll try and post that up there. Um, huh. Yeah, that's cool. But it ended up coming out pretty cool. Uh, other thing I think it's really cool to do is is to try and figure out how to. You guys already talked about stencils, so I, I think that's about. Yeah. That's about Handmade stencils cool. are fun. I like toying around with that. Yeah. But, Dave, um, did you give us a wrap up? He did. Okay. Good. I think, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we went through so many people. Yeah, there. we're good. We had so many on. It was confusing a little bit tonight, guys. We're good. I hope Frank's but, feeling better. But I thought it went. I thought it went real well. Frank. Frank was apparently pretty sick, so uh, he kind of took off about five minutes ago. And and uh, but I, well, I want to thank you all for being on tonight definitely. and uh, being with us and taking time away. Uh, I know we a lot of us have nothing but time right now, but but um, you know it's it's. <laughs> Uh, definitely, uh, it, it was definitely a great show. This is this is one of the most tip-filled shows I've ever we've produced. The last out of couple weeks have been that way. We've had, yeah. So, yeah. so um, thank you. I do want to. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I want to add one last yeah, thing. Enjoyed it. Um, before we wrap up, make sure you guys head on over to our Facebook page because there's a link to vote for some contest builds. That uh, please don't vote for mine. 
Don't vote for mine. Um, but vote for everyone else that entered um, into the contest because we put uh, the the challenge out a month ago for, for craftsman guys to build a tiny 20-foot by 40-foot scale uh, structure or diorama or whatever you wanted to do. But it had to fit on that footprint. And we had 14 or 15 awesome submissions. And I didn't think we'd get 15. So go yeah. on over there and check out um, on our site and on our Facebook page all those Frank put one in. It was sick, but uh, there's a lot, a ton of cool builds on there. Uh, you can go and you yeah. can vote for one, and we got a funny trophy we're going to give to the winner. So, I believe you can vote once a day. Is that correct? Once a day, yeah. uh, every 24 hours it resets, and you can go back in and vote. Um, and the voting's now at the bottom of the page, so you can check out the larger picture above. Scroll down, pick your favorite, and vote for that one. So, I didn't set that up because I have no clue how to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's all I had. I want to just make sure everyone goes over and checks out the cool – if you don't even vote, just check out some of the cool work people did on such a small footprint. Yep. So, yep. All right, guys. I thank Fantastic. you guys for joining. I think night, we're going to call it a night. Good night. Good right. fun. Thank you. Thank Later, you. everyone. Thanks, guys. You got it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.